Actually, Jack my first Swagger. thought was, who the fuck is Jack Swagger? <laughs> then it took a, a second to dawn on me. <laughs> and then it was, oh, Jack Swagger still has a fucking job. Hey, what's good, folks? You are listening to the 24th. 20th episode of the Slam Bros. I am your host, the Bowman 12L, the Fiend, Black Aquaman. Join me as always, the co-host, the Cynic, the Champ, Illawasi. Illa, what's good? It's the Skeptic, Illawasi. What up, Bowman? Everything is good, man. Everything is good except for this WrestleMania card. Yo, the looks of things. Um, it's shaping up to be terrible, man. But I, I gotta ask you, I gotta ask you a question real quick. Like, how old do you get to be when you just have no fucks to give at the gym anymore? Like, like, what is there? Is there an age when you get to be one of those old folks that just like you know you don't give a goddamn at the gym and you just do whatever the hell you want? Sound like you got a story to tell, Bowman? What's up, <laughs> man? You know, um, man, this weekend I was at the gym. I was swimming some laps in the pool, man, where I pretty much got um manifest destiny out my lane. Apparently, these lifeguards had some training to do, so I had to share a lane with this old woman um, who I, I she had no fucks to give about anybody. So I looked at the lady and I tried to tell her, like, hey, lady, we got to share now because, you know, these folks, they got to they got to swim in this lane, apparently. And she just looked at me and she just kept going and she didn't even try and share this lane. She just kept going down the middle of the lane. Not even giving a goddamn doing breaststroke of all the things, too. Because she was trying to be as wide as possible. And, you know, I just had to swim around her ass. And um, and you really feeling, as, feeling some way about this. Bruh, yeah. Yo, as soon as another lane hopped up, I got out that lane. I was in my own lane. And then this other white lady, she hopped in the lane. I tried to tell her, like, yo, don't mess with the old lady. Just don't mess with that old lady. Just, just don't do it. And she ain't listen. I don't know why, but she ain't listen. So she had to deal with that old lady. And once again, that old lady, she just kept going with her breaststroke in the middle of the damn lane, not even giving a fuck. So I just want to know, like, is there just like a limit where you get to just like, I'm going to be that dude or that lady at the pool. Or I'm just going to do my thing, not even give a damn. Well, all right. Hey, so the Hardy family is gone for wherever they were. Uh, if you're paying attention to wrestling last year, you know the Hardys blew up. Or blew up again. Uh, Matt Hardy lost his damn mind. He fought his brother. Then his brother lost his damn mind. Then his gardener lost his damn mind. The drone lost a mind. Uh, the drone's actually a drunk. Uh, his baby wrestled. His wife's wrestling. Uh, crazy. Broken Hardy family has been one of the most amazing things in pro wrestling of of the last year, just because how absurd it is and how wonderful it is. And they were working for some small company somewhere. Don't know the name of this company. Apparently, they got bought, resold. It's like I don't, I don't even know. It's a long story, right? But they're in contract negotiation with the Hardys. Contracts broke down. Hardys promptly left. The Hardys even left with their belts. Like the Hardys were the tag team champs of this company before they even left. And uh, yeah, so contracts didn't get renewed. Now the Hardys are in Ring of Honor, where they just won the uh, the, uh, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship from the Young Bucks. And so, uh, yeah, man, Hardys are making moves now. There was speculation that they were in talks with the WWE, 
but they didn't really sign with the E because they didn't want to. They want to do the schedule, you know. Like Matt Hardy has one child and a second child on the way, you know. He's making good money in the Indies, you know. He he doesn't need to be touring, um, you know, forty eight weeks. So, you know, I guess Ring of Honor is going to be a nice spot for them. I mean, they'll probably make it in the E. Uh, Ella, have you seen any of this Hardy nonsense through the last, like, six or eight months? I have seen none of the broken Hardys, but I've heard about it through you, through the Twitterverse. So I, I'm aware of it. I know how the WWE ripped them with the uh, Wyatt Family uh, New Day feud. But um, I haven't been paying attention to it, but I know it's managed to get Matt Hardy back, I guess, somewhat popular in the hearts of those who uh you know really loved him and matt has always been a funny kind of dude anyway so it's cool that he's achieving some level of success because WWE had zero fucking faith in him uh yeah the uh the delete chants are a staple of wrestling events around the country right now if you've been to any damn show delete is just as over as like yes so what's the what, explain to me what's the delete? I know they delete you from what? <laughs> All right. So basically, when Matt lost his damn mind, he said he wanted to delete Jeff Hardy. All right. He wanted to delete uh, brother Nero. Nero is of course Jeff's actual real metal name, but because he wanted he wanted his son Maxwell to be the sole heir of the uh, Hardy brand and fortune, he wanted to delete Jeff from existence. Kind of makes sense on a story level that like. He doesn't view Jeff as he didn't view Jeff as a real person, so he wanted to delete him. So they had this final deletion match where he would delete Jeff Hardy from the Hardy brand, which he did. Uh, Jeff Hardy got deleted, ended up in deletion. All right, deletion is at the same time a uh, a suburb. It's something that can happen to you, and it's also a noun. It's a place. Uh, deletion is dark. It's filled with spiders. Uh, Jeff Hardy got deleted, ended up in deletion for a couple of weeks, and came back broken as well. Once he was broken, Brother Nero was a servant to Broken Matt Hardy, where they uh, were conquering teams from all around the uh, uh, the wrestling universe. And he also taunted uh, Vince McCon, not McMahon, Vince McCon, because Broken Matt Hardy has this weird ass accent and he's just making words sound weird. So uh deletes is it's it's just what Matt Hardy does. He deletes people. Well, now. The question is where was all this happening at? Because it sounds I like it don't was know. Some weird unknown realm. Don't know where this was happening at. But it seems like it was such a foolish decision to lose the Hardy boys as they were the only thing that people tuned in to watch this alleged wrestling program for. Guess it's always YouTube. <laughs> hey, moving on. Jack Swagger is being held hostage by the WWE. Now, Ella, I know your first reaction is Jack Swagger still had a job? Yes, that it was exactly my first thought. <laughs> Here's no, the, actually, Jack my first Swagger. thought was, who the fuck is Jack Swagger? <laughs> then it took a, a second to dawn on me. <laughs> And then it was, oh, Jack Swagger still has a fucking job. Uh, I think two weeks ago, Jack Swagger asked for his uh, release from his contract from the WWE. He showed up on like one of his buddies' podcasts and said, hey, ask for my, res- my release. The WWE granted my release. I'm going to be a free agent. I'm taking independent bookings, all right? But then the WWE was like, not so quick, Jack Swagger. You're still under contract. You're not going anywhere. 
And it seems like messed up because like, no, most of the time, I don't know if there's some beef between the two. Most of the time when wrestlers ask for the release, they get it. It's not like they're being used, especially a character like Jack Swagger, who's just what? He showed up on SmackDown Live once, got his butt kicked by Baron Corbin, and we haven't seen him since. All right. They could save some money. It's good for your taxes. You know, let the man go. Well, it's good for the taxes because I mean, they're independent contractors. So it's not like WWE's like paying these guys anything. Right. But. You know, like, let this man live. But to hold him hostage under contract just seems like, yo, this is bitter. This is, this is petty. Petty nonsense. WWE is petty. I've said this. <laughs> me. Teddy Petty Pendergrass. Petty Pendergrass. That's WWE. Vincent Petty McMahon. That's WWE. Triple Pets. I mean, that's WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, it, I, I don't, I don't understand, like, why? Just let the man go. It's not like, it's Jack Swagger. He's not going to turn into the Hardy Boys. No. He's going to be another Ryback. He's just going to be another Ryback. No. Some dude. <laughs> he's not going to be like, a Ryback. Sound. He's going to be a fucking uh, cook at McDonald's. That's what he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to be the fry man. <laughs> he's going to be working at, like, fucking Walmart somewhere, sweeping floors. This is a fuck about Jack Swagger. No, what indie booker is like, mm, let me give me some Jack Swagger up in here. That's what we need. Come the fuck on. <sighs> he couldn't even make it. He was a barely functional jobber in WWE. So, I mean, you know, the person I feel sorry for in this whole situation is Zeb Coulter. Because it takes, it takes specialized combs and product to maintain that fucking mustache. <laughs> and you can't get it anymore because you were riding Jack Swagger's coattails. So, that's who I feel for. Eat a dick, Jack Swagger. This is for Zip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the the first match confirmed for WrestleMania 33 down over here in Orlando. Um, Shaq versus Big Show may or may not be happening. May or may not be called off. There's been a lot of back and forth. Last week, uh, Shaq showed up on his podcast, and he gave an update on his match. He claimed that, you know, discussions had kind of broken down, and... Uh, and uh match was probably off he wanted everyone to know it was most definitely not his fault not his fault hashtag not his fault all right um big show was kind of disappointed big show's been training for this match all year and he's like yo Shaq's not gonna ruin my moment regardless man he's got to figure things out i don't know what the negotiations are but like i'm having my wrestlemania moment but Shaq showed up on his podcast this week and he's like yo negotiations are talking again uh, the WrestleMania match might happen. At this point, I'm like, how in the hell are these negotiations still happening like 20-some-odd days before an event? I don't care about Shaq versus the big show. Like, oh, you don't like, care. Does somebody but... really give a shit about this? Yo, man, big show's got it in shape. He's doing doing some of the best Yo, work that he's done big in show years. Big show versus Braun was dope. But I don't give a shit about big show versus Shaq. I mean, the big show versus Mayweather was interesting. Because of how everybody turned on Mayweather and made him an instant heel. That was cool. But think about it. Big Show versus the sumo. Big Show versus the fucking, you know, two-liter Coke bottle. Like, they put Big Show in all these ridiculous fucking shits just so he can get a paycheck. And that's fine. Who really gives a fuck? Either it happens or it doesn't. If it doesn't happen, I'm not even going to blink an eye. Look, if it does happen, I feel like... If it, does my, happen, my if it does happen, it means I can go take a piss or a dump or get something to snack on. 
That that is true. My thing is like, yo, if this has been happening for a year, how are these negotiations not happen? This means that I know that Shaq has not been training for this match. And it, it might be, you know, when Stephen Amell came in for the SummerSlam bit, you know, he worked with uh, you know, Cody Rhodes, shot at Cody Rhodes, um, now going by the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. You know, like Stephen Mel trained for the match so they could actually have like a decent match. He bumped a little bit. He came off the ropes. Yo, you know, that Stephen Amell like, match all, was the best guest celebrity guest appearance match. That shit was dope. You know, they wanted Mickey Rourke wanted to do a uh, said match with Jericho, but uh, his Hollywood, you know, insurance people were like, "Hell no, you're not bumping." And the thing was, Mickey Rourke actually trained uh to take some bumps and do some wrestling stuff because he was in the wrestler like a lot of those stunts he did in that film but they still didn't want insurance and pay out like everything with this Shaq match is telling me like yo Shaq he's too busy about like trying to clown Charles Barkley and you know you don't need to train to clown Charles Barkley we've been doing that for like two decades now all right don't need to don't need to train for that and I feel like yo he hasn't been taking this match serious man like he's not gonna take a bump or anything so you know why waste your time eight years you know it's weird for me to say it's 2017, but yo, Big Show deserves that better. <laughs> it's crazy. What else we got in this hole with all these dirt? Alright, yo, Lucha Underground premieres. It hits Netflix next week, March 15th. Mark your calendars. I know, I think Iron Fist is next week as well, right? Uh, yes. Here's the thing. You can have Iron Fist, where it's probably whitewashed a little bit. and You can be aggravated that way. Or can watch uh hispanic promotion actually produced by hispanic producers starring hispanic actors and wrestling enjoy yourself pentagon juniors down there ray mysterio alberto el patron big rick johnny mundo the damn cage monster wrestlers get eaten conan gets killed it's great stuff all right go binge you some lucha underground next week we're gonna have to start doing some uh, Lucha Underground recaps. This is going to be great. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, I should say uh, Bully Ray, has joined Ring of Honor as well. Not only have the Hardy Boys, the Broken Hardy family, joined Ring of Honor, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley is back from his, his wrestling hiatus. Uh, his, and he's he's in ROH, man. So it's like ROH is making some moves. Uh, they've been losing a lot of people to the E these last couple of years. Uh, apparently now they're starting to put some money down to get some faces in there. Uh, Bully Ray, if you haven't seen any the Bully Ray stuff, um, I would understand if you haven't seen the Bully Ray stuff because you know he did this stuff in some unknown company. Uh, it was it was kind of interesting, it was kind of terrible, but also some of the best work that you know uh, Bubba did show that he can be a viable singles competitor. He could hold down a stable. Um, the storyline was nonsense, but that's just because that company was nonsense. But uh, he put on some great matches. He had some barn burners with like AJ Styles down there. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great guys in RH right now. That would be great to see, uh, you know, Bully work with. Hmm. Cool stuff. And uh, it's time to return to our longest running soap opera here on the Slam Bros. Last adventure is Hey, Alberto, Albertron, you social amigos. Alright, so we're, we're back with the new edition of this. So, our boy Alberto, um, 
rather easy week for this man. Hasn't punched any Ninja Turtles or anything like that. Hasn't been stabbed. Um, but he's taken up a new job. He's got a new job. Apparently, he's signed with the same company that the Hardy Boys just left from. Which is, uh, which is, which is, which is crazy because I, I thought that Alberto had a little bit more respect for himself than this. Um, this company has been, uh, they've been actually trying to get Alberto since his original WWE departure. They've been trying to get this man for years, but I think, you know, I think he said like, nah, man, like that's, that's small time, small fish. Like Alberto, Alberto is bigger than this, but he went down there. He signed with them. Uh, apparently he won their championship belt first night, but apparently he gave the belt back up because shenanigans and I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, it's Alberto. He's doing his thing. He's all, he's always, Alberto's going to do him, you know, he's going to do him, take care of Paige. He's going to make some money. Apparently they've thrown out some money to get Alberto. He's going to be down there for a minute, but I just, I just feel like, yo, Alberto, what are you doing? Alberto is. That's the international man of mystery. He needs to be the next uh, world's most interesting man. They need to recruit him. Like, it's, you don't even so it, you don't even need like to to make up the like the BS about like yo he's jet steam with sharks like because no Alberto is down there like he he really is getting the bar fights for looking at him funny like he <laughs> he really is you know what I'm saying and then also respect this man like don't even try and disrespect this man or his heritage. Cause he will step to you and check you in your face. Like <laughs> he's got that money. He's like, yo, I'll. S- you know, but you know what's wild is that th- <laughs> he's done enough shit that has actually become a recurring segment on the show. <laughs> like that's, that's what makes it so wild. Like, how the fuck is this dude getting involved in so much shit? <laughs> Thank you, Alberto El Patron. <laughs> Yeah. Man, oh, oh right, man. Right, Yo, right, shout right. outs, man. It's 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 all love for Alberto, man. Let's Always. Put these shovels away. We can uh recap this WWE fast lane. The most pointless pay per view. You know, there's a lot of pointless pay per view. We say it, but they they got like they got like what twenty five pay per views a year now. So like, and only four of them really give it mean a damn. Like so, like oh. So, all right, let's get in these recaps, man. I get my Birdman hand hand rub going on here. All right, um, you know what? There was a kickoff match, but whatever, it's a kickoff match. No one, no one gives a damn about these things. First match of the night was Samoa Joe versus Sami Zayn, uh, and it was a, a dope little match. It was a fast match. Probably two of some of the best workers in the WWE right now. And I'm mad at this match. You're mad at this. All right, tell me why you're mad at this. I'm match. mad at this match because it fooled me. It had me think that this may be a decent pay-per-view. Because, <laughs> you, know, yes. uh, you know, Sami Zayn's cool, but working with Samoa Joe, the, the, the inner, their chemistry and the psychology of the match just worked. You know, um, Sami can be a bit much for me at times, but his, his work as the underdog, you know, it suits him. And the logic and the reasoning behind this match all played out well. The match was good. Yeah, it's, it's great. I don't know if you, uh, you remember... Um, there's like a spot in the match for like Samoa Joe, he's going to like bounce off the ropes, but like Sammy just collapses over and Samoa's like, this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that shit was funny as fuck. Samoa, the look on Samoa Joe's face. Like, I gotta walk two more steps to grab you now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 280 pounds. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a problem for me. But that you was know, a great it's, it's always, it's always amazing. With, yeah. 
when Sammy gets like someone big up for that blue thunder bomb because he always gets so excited for that blue thunder bomb and he's never pinned anybody with it, but he, he thinks this is gonna be the time. Uh, but yeah, you're right, you're right. It, it started off strong. They had a nice. It was it was a short, brisk, you know, high hitting match between the two. Samoa Joe got the uh, definitive uh, chokeout victory, and you know it set us, you know, set the bar a lot higher than the rest of the pay per view could uh, even hope to try and reach. And you know things started to go awry, like with the next match with the the championship, uh, the tag match with the club versus Enzo and Big Cass. Ella, how did you feel at this match? Did you even watch this match? Um, I want to. I can't remember. I remember the end of it. Like, didn't Enzo lose to the, his arch nemesis, the ropes? Yeah, man, the ropes, man. The he uh, ropes he had his foot Enzo's on the nemesis. <laughs> yeah, ring ropes is like you want to you want to knock out Enzo, just put him in the ropes. You know, <laughs> this man can't get out the ropes. He got knocked out by the ropes. Got his foot knocked off the ropes. Like he can't he can't win when the ropes are involved. So um. Yeah, they try to play this. The, the, any, all right, so whatever. The club wins. Um, technically, it's a clean finish. It really, technically, it's a clean finish. They're trying to plan that there was controversy in this finish that the club only won via shenanigans because Enzo put his foot on the ropes, but then uh, Luke Gallows knocked his foot off the ropes, making the pin legal. That's With the, the whole big point. Titan Tron that you can see it up there. We've seen them in the replay. But the whole point of tag team wrestlers is to protect your partner's pin. Slam bros, slam bros. We would like you from now on, use the hashtag WWE logic when you see some (laughs) dumb shit like that. Please, just slam, just WWE logic. My my whole thing, Michael Cole trying to say that like the club cheated when that's just how tag team wrestling works. If your partner is going for a pin, you protect your partner. So they can get the pin. All right. You push them away from the ropes. You move the ropes back. None of that is illegal in a tag match. If Enzo's foot stayed on the ropes, then that means Luke Gallo would have been an idiot. All right. But Luke taking that foot off the rope is no different from Luke like blocking Big Cass from breaking up that pin attempt. That's just tag team wrestling. That's the smart part. The dumb part is once it's taken off the ropes, you can just point at the fucking replay monitor. Oh man! So uh, we had a Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Um, Nia Jax has gone back to her overly confident um, monster heel, and of course got like uh, a roll-up pin, Okada roll. Not was that an Okada roll? Um, she got it was like a bridge. She did. She it was a, it was it was a bridging pin. I don't, I don't think it was an Okada roll. I forget the technical. I'm not a wrestler. Like don't hit me. All right. She got she got hit with a bridging pin, you know. Like honestly, like yeah, they want to make Nia, they want to make excuse me, they want to make Sasha look strong because she's going to the main event. But a lot of speculation that the the Raw side was going to be a four way for the women's title. But still, like you can't just be punking out Nia Jax like this. And also, Nia Jax is she's so strong, she needs to like ask for a title a title shot because she still hasn't, which is damn ridiculous at this point. But like that match was just kind of like yeah. You know, just kind of sloppy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like if either of those two remember what the hell they were doing, but like I felt like Nia Jax had Sasha Banks in the torture rack for like five minutes, and she's like, "Oh, you like this? I have her in a torture rack." So it was. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. And then 
And then, for whatever reason, the pay-per-view just fell off the goddamn tracks, all right? I I don't even... It's like they forgot to book some shit, all right? Because they had the whole one, handsome hard body breaks up, for whatever reason. Jinder Mahal decides with all his muscles, that he cannot work with Rusev anymore, that Rusev isn't good people. And it's not that Rusev's not good people, he's just foreign and related to the Russians. So maybe Jinder Mahal is like, yo, I can't be associated with these Russians right now. It's not good for my, you know, my social media score, all right? So what? Breaking up, okay? And Mick Foley's is like, yo, we're just gonna have some two random matches in the middle of the goddamn episode, all right? So first, it's Cesaro versus Jinder Mahal, hard Barty Mahal, for eight goddamn minutes, and it felt like 15, it's 2017, Jinder Mahal, I don't care how many muscles he's got on his chest, alright, should not be wrestling a goddamn eight-minute match on a pay-per-view to Cesaro. Cesaro just needs to uppercut this fool and put him out. Alright? And then, Big Show wrestles Rusev for like another eight minutes. And you know what? I understand. It's new look Big Show, 2017 Big Show. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like... Rusev given like crap to work with is still making the best of these things you know yeah Rusev lost we gotta make Big Show look strong he's facing Shaq or maybe he's facing the ghost of Shaq who knows but I love the point of the match where he he does three Moshka kicks kicks Big Show in the face three times Big Show kicks out and Rusev comes to the camera and he's like three kicks three Moshka kicks and no I'm like yo Rusev is the best And if you need reminder that Rusev is the best, remember two years ago, he entered WrestleMania in on a goddamn tank. Remember that. A tank. And now, now what is he entering in? Is he even going to be there? Is he relegated Is he relegated to the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, like pretty much all of the SmackDown brand? Is he going to be in the Jobber Battle Royal? Probably. Probably. Yo, so uh, we had uh, the Cruiserweight match, Jack Gallagher and Neville. Uh, dope match. Probably the first match that people actually gave a damn about. You know what? That's, that's a little harsh. All right. There's been like two matches the crowd has been into. Uh, but this was probably the first one where, uh, you know, people were actually hot for the, the purple ropes. Uh, nice, fast, hard-hitting match. Something it was something that they probably should have been doing with the Cruiserweights this whole time instead of doing like... Um, raw style matches in the like the whole point of the cruiserweights is they wrestle a different style. If they're not wrestling a different style, then what the hell's the point? And this match was them showing like, yo, this is what the cruiserweights are about. Yo, that Neville Gallagher match was dope. That was Samoa Joe the Gallagher. That was good. Um, it was a great you know clash of styles. It really made use of Gallagher's character where <clears throat> he still kind of had a little bit of fun, but it wasn't cartoony and silly, you know, to, to undermine his yeah. character. And he still came off as somebody who legitimately had a shot to win and was tough enough to be in a fight. You know, but Yo, still, those headbutts, so. Yeah, he still used his antics with the umbrella and shit like that. So, it was a great showcase for the Cruiserweights. Uh, Neville had to resort to his red arrow to put him away. He's been, if you notice, like, since he's been heel Neville, uh, he's been, he's, he's been using, like, the rings of Saturn as a finish and the superplex off the top to put people away. Because, uh, you know, he's like, yo, y'all don't deserve the red arrow. But uh, he couldn't even play. He had to bust it out to take out Gallagher. So I thought that was a nice little touch at the end of the match. Um, your boy, Roman Reigns, defeated Braun Strowman because, you know, he's sipping on that John Cena juice. So 
Yo, shout out to Roman Reigns who was wearing those 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 white kicks, bro. Did this man forget his shoes? The whole match, I'm like, yo, what's up with Roman Reigns in these shoes, man? Oh, it matched. He coordinated. He had been watching Boomerang. Yeah, so he, had, he had the white. He had the white logo, and he had the white little arrows on his on his uh his yeah of his uh yeah. protector. So they just matched the shoes. Just the shoes just matched. You know, he was coordinating. And he was, he was fresh. I'm still gonna hate because you know it's Roman Reigns. I don't care how much you coordinate him, bro. I mean, He's still a jerk. Yeah, well, until they make him heal. You know, I mean, it was kind of slow. Like that match picked up near the end because I was, what was I doing? I think I stepped away to go, you know, top off my drink uh, during that match because it was kind of slow. You know, I think expectations for the match when they first revealed it were kind of like, eh. And then Big Show versus Braun happened, and everyone's like, oh, this actually could be dope. Because here's the thing: while Roman Reigns is the character is broken, he's a he's a decent wrestler. He's a good wrestler, right? He puts on entertaining matches. You can't really say like. Yo, Roman Reigns match has just been like flat ass terrible, right? But kind of that match, it it uh it dragged and it dragged because of the Roman character, where his whole character is, you know, he has to get beat down and then make you know an unbelievable comeback for the win at the end. You know, he's got that you know that magic power that allows him to overcome the odds which is such boring storytelling braun versus big show worked because it was a hoss fight those two were like giving it their all the whole match you know so whoever won you're like oh man like anyone can win this at any moment when you book roman like how you book cena um via what was it from like 2009 to 2014 where he would just take these unbelievable beatings for like 30 minutes, only to miraculously hit one move and win. That's where people get bored. That's where people get aggravated. And the top of that match was that. It was just bronze just kind of dominating and Roman just, you know, just selling or looking like whatever the hell he looks like. You know, they had some good spots in there. Had the table spot. You know, Braun did get the kick out of his spear. That never happens. Um, but ultimately, you know. He, he, he kicked into that Samoan bloodline, you know, that Samoan special juice, and, you know, he won the match. So, Ella, what were you thinking about this match? It was a good match. Um, push versus push wasn't, like, spectacular, <laughs> but it was, it, it, it delivered on the promise. And I think that it helps really because Braun is a good worker in ring, and he has moves. So, it, it doesn't feel, because Reigns, you know, for all the shit that people give him, He's a, you know, he's a good wrestler. You know, he's good at what he does for his style of wrestling. Um, if he's in there with somebody who can actually go, then it, the chances of it being a good match are, you know, uh, in, increase. Um, but I like how it played out. I think that the whole um, going to the top rope was a little predictable, simply because there we all know that whenever the bigger dude does some dumb shit like go to the top rope, you know, he's gonna crash and burn or get hit with a chair. Something's gonna happen. But it's like, to me, it would have played out a lot better had they shown that Reigns was starting to give it to Strowman and Strowman kind of had to reach into the bag, you know, and try to find something. Yeah, play. yeah, Where, yeah. But he had been dominating them basically the whole match. So it didn't seem necessary for him to like, why go up to the fucking third rope, you know? It, it, it'd be different if, you know, Roman had put some moves on him, busted out of chair, and, you know, he was like, fuck, now I'm in desperation mode. So that was about the only low light of the show is the finish. 
But I'm, I'm not mad that, you know, Reigns won. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't have cared if Strowman won. Next match we had was uh, Bailey defeating Charlotte for Charlotte's, um, un- it's technically her first singles loss, but whatever. The WWE stats are stupid. She's lost on pay-per-view before and like tag and multi-people matches. But, um, yo, hashtag WWE logic. Hashtag uh, Braun Strowman smart so and get the replay. Like, how the hell did this match not end in DQ? I don't know. Like, Sasha runs down, gets into, like, an altercation with Charlotte Flair, and the referee does not call the DQ. And it's not just one altercation. It's two altercations in front of this fool, and he doesn't call the DQ. And just lets Sasha just hang around the ring and and allow to help Bailey get the win. Like, the, the win. It's just, like... Uh, my issue with this match is just like how it just undermines the character of Bailey. Bailey, her whole NXT character was like she's she's the pure underdog babyface. She's she's good. You can believe in her because she's gonna do it all in her own, and she's not gonna take the shortcuts. She's not gonna cheat. Like she's given the opportunity to cheat, but she will not cheat. You know she. Um, that's some reason why. Like yo, when she got left down there, when everyone else was getting called up, it's like yo, you maybe got called up earlier, but you know you just. You're not doing what it takes. You're not. You're not like hard body enough to get up here. But when she's just cheating now, like clearly she's supposed to be the good person, and she's allowing her best friend to help her cheat, and she's like, "Oh, whatever. I got the championship." It's like, "Oh, whatever." It's like, "Yo, who are you?" You know, like you're not the shining example that they hold up in like classrooms for little girls. Are like, "Oh, I want to be like Bailey." It barely, barely, barely doesn't even look like Bailey anymore. I don't even know who this lady is. You know, this is some jerk. That's not Bailey. I don't want to hug that lady. Get the hell up out of here. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get you into some therapy for that. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, that was that. Yo, let's get into this Goldberg nonsense, man. Um. Which was the dumbest plan I've seen in all... Well, you know what? In a long time, this was the dumbest plan. KO's entire plan was he's going to psych out Goldberg. I'm like, okay. This is what I figured Kevin Owens was trying to do. I figured he was trying to last longer than the Brock Lesnar match. But to do that, he got to ring the goddamn ring bell. All right? The whole point of him sliding out the ring and sliding back in before the match starts is completely pointless because it's not adding time to the clock. All right? So he does this for five minutes, only for when he actually does ring the bell to get distracted by Chris Jericho music. The dumbest distraction in the world, right? Like someone's music hit. You shouldn't be like distracted, man. Like, like, like you've never heard loud noises in the background before. Wrestlers are ridiculous of how easily they get distracted. All right. And he's distracted by Chris Jericho music, eats the spear and a jackhammer, one, two, three, 22 seconds. What he should have done was start the bell, then roll out. And keep doing that nonsense. And then his time would have been, well, at least I lasted longer than Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Right, was just... But, you know, I don't know. That's what, because when he first rolled out, I was like, I didn't hear the bell. So I was like, okay, this is just dumb. Um, but they prolonged. Yeah, yeah, everyone saw it. Like, All right, well, cool. Start the match. Start the match. Break the walls down. Match over. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg didn't need the belt. But I wanted to have the belt. Because I want the beast Brock 
Lesnar to not only kick Goldberg's teeth down his throat, but take his belt from him. Yeah, so but now it's gonna be like a twenty second match with like Goldberg eating an F five and then him like this is he's still gonna get booed at Mania again. That's just this is how it's nah, gonna work. I, I think it's gonna be more of a match. I think the it's gonna be Brock dog, dodging out of the way first. And then, you know, they're gonna brawl for a while and you know Let's get the raw. Let's let's because these two were on Raw. Alright, so first Raw opens up with heartbreak tragedy. Tragedy. All right. Chris Jericho makes his grand return to Chicago. Everyone's like, oh, Jericho's back. Jericho cuts a pretty hot babyface promo. He's good at it. Normally, uh, babyface uh, Jericho is pretty bad, but you know, this is a man of uh, this is a man of passion right now. You know, his best friend, his brother betrayed him, and he wants to know why. And Kevin Owens, these two are just great. He's like, yo, you were never my best friend to begin with, and the crowd ate that up, man. The crowd's like, oh man, that's dirty. That's like the worst thing you can say. You know, I'm like, I'm laughing. This is pretty absurd. This is good. Wrestling's best when it's absurd. And two grand and two grown ass men arguing about who who's not their best friend. It's hilarious. All right. But then Kevin Owens is like, look, man, you were never my best friend. Sami Zayn was my best friend, and I kicked his ass. So what do you expect me to do to you, Jericho? Um They throw they throw down hands, Smojo shows up, Sami Zayn shows up. You think you're going to get impromptu tag match, but no, we don't. We get impromptu single matches. The first of which is uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. I thought these two were never allowed to fight each other again, but whatever. WWE logic. Can't even Hashtag follow WWE goddamn, logic. Can't even, can't even follow our own goddamn rules. All right, so it's a hard-hitting match. Uh, Kevin Owens hits Sami with a pop-up powerbomb out of nowhere, and then he hits him with the second pop-up powerbomb out of nowhere. Man. How have they not made KO look this dominant before the past eight months? Illa, where has this man been? Man, it pissed me off watching that. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they could have had him continue to be the dominant evil heel and just be a fighting champion. But no, they wanted to make him a pussy. And I mean, pussies are tough, but Kevin Owens as a pussy just wasn't tough. So we're going to skip a little bit later. We're going to get the time machine out. Boom. Time machine's back from last podcast. Continuity. All right. We're going to go to the top of the episode. Uh, not the top of the episode, the end of the episode where it was Samoa Joe versus Chris Jericho. We thought this match was going to get time. No, it didn't get time. Just when it started to get hot. These two are pros. These two are veterans. Uh, Samoa Joe did one of the smartest things I've ever seen in a wrestling match where he chokes out Chris Jericho on the outside and instead of just getting counted out himself, he rolls in the ring to get the W. That never happens. Normally they fight outside or they get the count out and they both lose. But Samoa Joe's like, I'm not taking the L for Jericho. I'm going to knock your ass out and then go get the W for myself. Samoa Joe's a beast. It was a smart move. So, you know, Samoa Joe passes the WWE logic test. Pass. Uh, he did eat a co-breaker, though. He got a little greedy. Allowed Jericho to get um some breath back. Ate a co-breaker, but, you know, Samoa Joe was face. Whatever. Respects and put on the name. So, all right. Time Machine going back to the beginning of the episode. We have Austin Aries finally returning to in-ring action when he popped Neville in the head with the microphone. Hello, you excited? Did you even follow Austin Aries when he was in that one place and also in Ring of Honor? I, mean, I know a little of Austin stuff, but I like him through... Um other things I've seen him do. The commetary, he's just, he's just hilarious. 
he doesn't think he's hilarious. So I, I like the idea of the match. You know, I think he's showing he's going to be a, a good competitor to face Neville. So I think that, you know, they're really trying to do something different and unique with the cruiserweights. Because, you know, his style, again, is different than Rich Swan and different than um, uh, Gallagher. So it's cool how they're mixing it up and you're really giving, you know, some decent matches. If they can give them the time they need, you know, and keep building decent storylines around them, they can have something really straight with the, the whole Cruiserweight division. The raw tag team situation is just, like, completely falling apart. I, yo, what the hell happened to Goldust and R-Truth? What the hell are those two? Are they still on paper? We know, we know, we know affirmative action R Truth is there. Actually, now remember, story wise, R Truth actually bought some of those phony ass Puerto Rican vacation packages from the Shining Stars. Could they be in Puerto Rico? Maybe that's what it is. They're in a Puerto Rican jail. Somebody heard uh, R Truth <laughs> mixtape and arrested his ass finally. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. All right, so basically, uh, says, um, the club once again defeated Enzo and Big Cass. They had their. They had a rematch from Fastlane uh, for reasons, wrestling reasons. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus wandered out to watch the match ringside. Uh, Cesaro is drinking a cup of coffee because Cesaro is just a man of props. I said it on Twitter. He's a prop character. Everything I've defined this man is by props. He's got a tearaway suit. He's still wearing that goddamn tape from like a year ago. He's got glasses, and now he's been seen constantly backstage with a cup of coffee. Why the hell is Cesaro always drinking coffee? You gotta go wrestle a goddamn match, man. Are you gonna pee your pants? What the hell? All right? So, of course, Enzo bumps into Cesaro. He spills the coffee everywhere. I mean, everywhere, because, you know, actors. That, of course, causes a fight. Enzo uh, hits... Enzo hits... Um, who does he hit? Hits Luke Gallows. And so, of course, you know, Seamus... No, Seamus kicked somebody. He had a DQ. Point being is now we got a triple threat for these damn titles at Mania. Ella, are you excited? No. Okay. All right. Next match. Okay. So, Goldberg comes out to Chicago. I'm like, yo, why do they always set up these characters to lose, man? Like, Chicago is a marky-ass town. This is the town of CM Punk. Like, these are some smart motherfuckers. You are not going to get a hero's welcome for Bill Goldberg, 2017 Chicago, as the goddamn champ when he took it off of Kevin Owens and Indy Darden. <laughs> no. Goldberg comes out there. Crowd is immediately like, no fucks given. Heyman shows up. People are getting excited. It's Paul Heyman. All right. Brock Lesnar shows up. He's like, yo, I'm going to shake your hand. Brock Lesnar has that little rude boy smile on his face. He's like, yo, man, shake my hand, dude. And uh, he gives an F5 to Goldberg. Now, a lot of smarts on the internet were like, yo, Goldberg finally took a bump. But the real comedy was, I don't know if you're watching, the whole time Goldberg is getting F5, he is holding, holding on to that, that damn belt. belt. Yes. <laughs> the whole time. And it looks ridiculous. It's so stupid. So go check the replays. Just look at Goldberg. Look at that belt holding off for dear life and eat that F5. Eat the F5, and I love every moment of it. I loved it. I, I mean, it was just more of the tit-for-tat booking just to show that we know it takes a spear and a jackhammer and Goldberg's got the win, but now we're showing that, you know, Brock can deliver the F5 in, in Goldberg. Um, so, you know, they're doing their thing. And, of course, Paul Heyman is always flames on the mic flames the build up the way he introduced brock was great all right um 
Yo, we're going to skip forward. We're going to skip some of these Cruiserweight matches. They don't mean a goddamn thing. Uh, Time Machine. New Day still has nothing to do as they wait for their hosting duties on WrestleMania. Illa, is this ice cream happening? Do they actually have ice cream to sell in Orlando come April 2nd? I don't give a fuck because I'm not going to be buying or eating any of their ice cream. They won't be giving it away to me for free. So again, it doesn't affect me. It's like gay marriage. It has nothing to do with my fucking life. I don't care. Let these dudes live. You don't want them to get that ice cream paper? I could, yeah, I, I want that's, people, that's pockets, I mean, man. That's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with me. So I'm happy for whoever gets it. Do your thing. You know, enjoy it. Eat it up. Get two scoops. Just mean <laughs> shit to me. <laughs> Even if I saw it on the shelves, I'd probably roll right past it. Now, if a little kid but, had it, I might steal a little kid's ice cream and just eat his ice cream. But. <laughs> like, I'm surprised that I'm like, yo, this ice cream has to pay off or something. Like, you know, Ben and Jerry's has to have like their special uh, New Day ass flavor because they have they have a special flavor for everybody. Um, Charlotte Be- uh, Sasha Banks defeated Bailey and started herself in the uh, Raw Championship. For the raw the women's championship, excuse me, for WrestleMania. So now it's a triple threat. Weirdly, Nia Jax is in there. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But like all all these all these people are awful people. Like the only person making sense is like is uh is Charlotte, you know. And it's it's weird. Like Bailey and Sasha are dragging Dana Brooks's name through the dirt right now. Right, saying oh Dana would have cheated. Dana was going to cheat. Dana wasn't even there. You leave Dana alone. There's a lot of things to drag Dana's name for, but you cannot put this on her. She wasn't there, and y'all trying to say like Dana was there. This is basically Trump trying to say Obama's wiretapping him. Like you know, like what the hell? Leave Obama out of this. Leave Dana Brooke out of this. Y'all two cheated. Y'all can't put this on anybody else. See what I'm saying? They ruined Bailey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bailey is ruining Bailey to me. Bailey is not interesting. She's really not. She's milky toast to me at best. And I, I just don't buy her a character. Now you can give me all you want a Sasha Banks. Charlotte is cool. She plays her little queen, you know, entitled position well. And Nia Jax is just a beast. But Bailey does absolutely nothing for me except make me want to turn the channel. <laughs> oh, also we're being trolled with Emma promotions again. So after 17 weeks of Emmalina premiering soon, we're now back to Emma coming back. So I don't even know. I don't even know. We're just being trolled at this point. At least Emma's getting those checks. Shout out to Emma. Boom. Time Machine. We're heading to SmackDown. SmackDown Live. Uh, SmackDown Live opens with like Shane and Daniel Bryan arguing about like who should be the main event for SmackDown. WrestleMania. They said it will be decided via a match tonight. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. First match of the night was actually John Cena and Nikki Bella in a you know an intergender match versus James Ellsworth and Carmella. This is the first time the WWE's it couple teamed up, and uh, it was it was whatever. Crowd liked it. I mean, I'm happy for the dude. It's like a date, you know. You know, some of you guys, you go, you go play mini golf. You know, you take your lady to go pottery. I don't know if you ever did. If you're looking for things, you know, they got pottery stores where you can go, like, go do pottery and you buy the shit with your, you know, whatever. You know, Nikki Bella and John Cena, they just go wrestle. That's their, that's their Tuesday nights. All right. So they, this, I understand why they did this match, and it's like training for WrestleMania. 
because they try to do this whole finisher and stereo thing and it, it just wasn't working, right? Because Nikki Bella's rack attack is not the AA and it was off. And then also her STF is a lot better than John Cena's. <laughs> I don't know. The thing to say that segment is the Miz. And the Miz lighting into John Cena's ass and talking about how he, you know, he didn't have to have a, a contract with his girlfriend. Cause for years he's not acknowledged her. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I like evil reality show heel John Cena. Because John Cena is such a douche in real life. I I, I wish that Miz kind of like, you know, tapped in a little bit more of it. Because what made the Daniel Bryan stuff so effective, because Miz wasn't right. Like, when he went off on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, like, he wasn't he wasn't wrong. Like, he tapped in a lot of the things. He's like, I wrestle safe so I can still wrestle. You wrestle dangerously and you can't wrestle anymore. You know, like, don't call me the coward. Like, I'm out here every goddamn night, right? Like, the Miz's promo, while still hot, it was you could tell like oh here are the talking points we the WWE writers want you to hit hit these talking points and they're a little disingenuous and so I think like Miz was just just a tad bit as ineffective as he was like yo John like your lady's been taking these L's for like the last two months and your ass has been nowhere to be seen like what the hell how you know for like Miz needed to touch more on that but I was still I don't want to see this match at Mania I honestly got like they all. Look, John Cena's been doing good work. The Miz has been doing good work. Fuck John Cena. Hashtag that too. Bro, what's the last bad John Cena match you've seen? I don't give a damn. <laughs> I know. But even still, with all you John Cena hate, he deserves better than a intergender match at no, WrestleMania. We no, all deserve He's better. getting exactly what he deserves. <laughs> He doesn't need to be in any kind of main event picture screwing up my entertainment and my joy. No, I'm not saying like a main event, but just give him like John Cena and a Miz in a singles match, right? Because the mechanics of an intergender match just don't work. They just don't work, all right? They work on Lucha Underground because they established that in that universe, but they don't work in WWE because the whole point like, oh, the females can't touch the males and whatnot. I mean, it's wrestling, man. Like Undertaker's dead. Like I can, I my suspension disbelief. I can believe a lady slapping a dude in the face and it knocking him out. All right, goddamn Undertaker's here. All right, I will put a lot of shit away. But this whole nonsense, like, oh, you got to get out the ring now. The ladies tag is just, it's ridiculous. What else happened on SmackDown? Oh, did you see Dean Ambrose got jumped? This was like uh, Baron Corbin. This was like some shit out of a video game, yo. Like when you know sometimes you playing like uh, Saints Row. Where you pick up a dude and you throw it at somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Baron Corbin picked up a security guard and used a security guard as a foreign object to knock out Dean Ambrose. Baron Corbin is going so he's going big place. He's gonna do big things. Security guards, crowbars, forklifts. Yeah. (laughs) Nicely done. Oh, okay. All right. The forklift thing is just I'm like, yo, how stupid are referees? Like this man got a forklift placed on him. You, as a referee, are not going to be able to lift the forklift. So a couple of them, their first instinct was to try and lift up the goddamn lift. I'm like, what the hell are y'all doing? Y'all got to go in the machine and lift up the fork itself. Y'all ain't going to lift this shit up. What are y'all doing? WWE logic. These refs don't make no sense. Yo, uh, Mojo Raleigh's there. Him and him and uh. Dean Ambrose, not Dean Ambrose, uh, Dolph Ziggler, I forgot. I can't even remember the dude's name because he's been so pointless. They got into a little, 
I, I, I don't know, like a, trying to one-up each other. They're going to be in the Jopper Battle Royal, apparently. Uh, so that's dope. Okay, let's see here. Alexa, Alexa Bliss, she bit off a little bit too much to chew. And now she's facing every available diva on the SmackDown's roster. Excuse me, not uh, diva. Every available women's wrestler on the SmackDown's roster, roster for WrestleMania. Now, I think this is interesting, Illa, because as we know, the homie Naomi is still injured and recovering. There's no time frame for her recovery. She may or she may not make it to WrestleMania. They said available. So, if Naomi is cleared by Mania, she could be a surprise entrance and possibly win her title back in the hometown of Orlando. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think what would be dope is if they have a title match and either Natalia comes out as a champion or they do it where whoever wins, they think the match is over and then Naomi comes out and beats them and gets her title back. I think that would be a cool little WrestleMania moment for her and it kind of um, protects her a little bit further. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If she does need like a week or two more after that, then like, yeah, she's not really taking a bump. So, because apparently it was that moon that that split legged moonsault she did. Apparently, that's what caused the injury. Wait, she had a, she has a knee injury, right? No, I haven't really said, but it was it was a moonsault. So she landed on her knee wrong, or I think that's what it was uh, when she did, and she didn't she didn't feel it until after the match. You know, adrenaline kicking in. So normally, you won't even feel these things until like a day or two later. I mean, because I, I, I like Naomi split legged anything, so. <laughs> I mean, yesterday the cameraman with his gratuitous angles when during that Sasha Bailey match. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, time machine one last time for the podcast. We're gonna go to the main event of the night. It was AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. The first time these two met, uh, AJ Styles has said that he's wanted to uh, wrestle Randy Orton for a while, and now he got a chance. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of internet uh, wrestling circles that have been debating Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a is a, is a, is a beast of a man. He's you know as a wrestler, he seems to be very gifted. But when he's bored, he's bored, and his matches are very boring. And for all the hate on John Cena, you cannot argue that over the f- last five years, John Cena has done a lot to step up his wrestling game and add to his repertoire of moves. Like, John Cena's busting out Cena. code reds. He's, he's busting out code reds, you know, rope stunners, Frankensteiners, pound drivers, power bombs. Like, John Cena is doing stuff than where he started at with his five moves of dooms. He has expanded his roster of moves, right? Like, Randy Orton, he's still mainly got his power slam, his RKO, his rope DDT, and, you know, he doesn't even really do his backbreaker anymore. So a lot of people are like, yo, he's bored. But this match was dope. It was a dope match. AJ Styles, since he's been in the WWE, he finds ways to get people to wrestle matches they do not wrestle. And Randy Orton was wrestling in a very different match. Um this. And also, it's crazy because if you haven't seen Randy Orton in real life, he's tall. He's like he's like a basketball player tall. You know, he's built and he's tall. He's he's up there, right? So AJ um, wrestling him really was like the underdog. Like he made Randy Orton look like a beast in a powerhouse tonight. You know, Randy was Randy was catching AJ. You know, who's countering him, and and uh, you know AJ had to think out of the box and you know not get hit with like Randy's power moves. And it was dope. It was a dope match, and the finish was actually pretty cool too. Because here's the thing, I don't know about you, 
But for the last three years, we've all come to expect RKO out of nowhere, right? So we're all thinking, okay, he's going to catch AJ coming for the phenomenal forearm. And we're just, we're all, it's going to be dope. We see it. We're like, all right, this is going to be dope anyway, but we know it's coming, right? So here the, here's what they do. They play with their expectations. AJ goes for the phenomenal forearm, right? Randy's waiting for him. He's waiting to catch him in the RKO, but AJ doesn't let go of the rope. So he tricks Randy Orton. To try and go for the RKO, Randy misses. And he hits him like, ha smart. Can't catch me at the RKO if I don't go up in the air. So AJ goes for the 450 splash. Randy rolls out the way. Knowing that AJ is going to be too smart to just jump up in the air for himself. Randy has to throw AJ in the air and then catch him with the RKO for the finish. So it's going to be Randy versus Wyatt at WrestleMania. But I do got to say props to AJ and Randy for just having a dope match tonight. It was a dope finish. Um, They're doing stuff we haven't seen before. So shout out to those guys. Very cool. It's just like, you know, I, I want them to do something better with AJ Styles. He deserves better. The a- the Randy Orton shit with, with Bray is I right, you know. But I'm just kind of like, I'm nonplussed. As we continue to talk, it's just, it's just brought me down and down. Because it's like, ugh. You know, we we have one more regular show before Mania, and then our Mania podcast, I, I almost want to say tradition now, is going to feature the homie Joshua Wimbledon uh, returning to the hallowed halls of the Slam Bros uh, gymnasium. Did you just call Josh Williamson Wimbledon? Williamson. Williamson. <laughs> oh, man. You and Ben Amin, y'all are battling. Y'all are battling. Coming back. The homies returning to the gymnasium. Let me drop some promos and and try and make sense of this WrestleMania, as we always do. I don't even know. Uh, Ella, where can the people find you at? At Ella YC. Or you can holler at us at Charlie and Champ on the Twitters. You can find your boy at YC the Champ on Instagram. At Charlie and Champ on Instagram, Charlie and the Champ on Instagram, and of course we are the Slam Bros at Slam Bros Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Bowman12L. You can also find me Friday nights on Twitch, Twitch.tv forward slash RCQ underscore the Deli. Fridays, me and my boys, we just go up there, play games, goof around, whatever, play some Kerbal. So, uh, leave a, tell a friend to tell a friend, leave a comment. Subscribe, do what you got to do. Uh, the comments really uh, help out the algorithms and the iTunes stores and on SoundCloud. Helps the recommendations so more people see the podcast. So, all right, we'll see you guys soon. Peace.